Hey everybody, how's everyone doing today? Excellent. As I said, uh, my name is JC and I'm here. I moved here about a year ago from Vancouver, Canada. So if you notice a couple of words I say slightly differently, that's quite all right. I'm perfectly normal. And I am here, like uh, was just shared, with a student at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. Moved here a year ago, got married last month uh, to a local girl, and life is awesome. And let's get into it, because I have lots I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, I think this month you're looking at lust versus chastity, going through the virtues each month. I think that's an awesome idea. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that topic today. So, I don't know if any of you has heard, but two weeks ago, there was a guy named Travis. And he was jogging up in Colorado, and he got attacked by a mountain lion. And Travis... Being attacked by this mountain lion, he then had to fight this mountain lion. Fighting, they were tussling on the ground, the lion had bitten onto his wrist, he was trying to hit it with sticks, rocks, whatever, and he ended up strangling the mountain lion, running down to safety, cuts all over his face, and he was alright, but he fought a mountain lion. Pretty cool, right? Now, imagine yourself in the same scenario, you're being attacked by a mountain lion, maybe on one of these Michigan trails around here, and... But imagine you're going to fight for your life with this mountain lion, but imagine having to do that with your hands tied behind your back. Is that a scenario anyone would want to be in? You see, if you're going to fight, you want to fight with both hands. If you're going to be successful in battling, you're going to need to battle with both hands. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because if we're going to battle lust, we need to fight it with both hands. If we're going to fight sin, we need to be ready to battle as good as we possibly can. Can. And I want to show you a text of scripture today that I think gives us two tools or two weapons. One for the left hand, one for the right, that we could say will be weapons to help us battle sin in our lives. We know that lust is a terrible sin. The battle with lust is a raging battle. And most of you guys are going to encounter this sometime in high school. And it's maybe one of the hardest battles you ever fight. And we know that Satan himself prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's like a lion that wants to attack you and take you down. And it's not just Satan externally, but the lions in our lives are often in our own hearts and in our own minds. We know that sin dwells within us. And that sin wants to rise up and take control of us, to kill us, to take down our faith. And so we're going to look at two weapons that I believe Jesus gives to his disciples in Mark chapter 14. Two weapons in the fight against sin. Uh, in Mark chapter 14, you're familiar, Jesus takes his disciples, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he takes Peter and James and John and separates them. And he says, sit here and watch. In Mark 14, 34, he says, stay here and watch. Jesus goes off and prays and he comes back and what does he find them? He finds them sleeping, not obeying him. They're sleeping, not watching. And Jesus comes back, Mark 14, 37, and he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's our two principles for today. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I'm talking especially to you guys that feel that second part. My spirit is willing. 
I want to follow God. I want to live. I want to be pure. But my flesh is weak. Sin dwells in my members. And I feel that oh so clearly with the Apostle Paul who says, Who shall deliver me from this body of death? We feel the body of death in ourselves so frequently. And so I want to explain these two weapons that Christ gives to his disciples in this passage today. Those of watchfulness and prayer. Two weapons to fight sin. And I just want to say that this doesn't just apply to fighting against sinful sexual lust. This actually applies to all sin. Um, This is tools that God has given us. Watchfulness and prayer. Which will be a help to us in really any sin we are fighting in our lives. And this doesn't just apply to boys. This is girls. This is for students, teachers, all of us need to learn to use these tools well. So first tool, watchfulness. What am I talking about when we're talking about watchfulness? When Jesus is talking about this, this is the same word that's used to be like a watchman on a tower, looking out for the enemy. And why would we look out for an enemy? Why would we have people who watch, who guard? Well, because you don't want to be caught unawares. You don't want to be caught unprepared and be overwhelmed before you have a chance to ready yourself. Uh, if you were in Travis's situation and going along the forest and you happened to notice a mountain lion stalking you, following you, you wouldn't ignore it. You'd be watching very carefully to see if it's going to make a move after you so that you can defend yourself readily. And so we need to learn to watch because we need to be prepared to fight. Uh, we need to watch not just for an external mountain lion, but we need to watch ourselves. Because James chapter 4 tells us that sin comes from the lusts inside of us, and sin brings forth death. And so we need to learn how to watch ourselves. Because our lusts come from our hearts, Jesus says. These things come from inside of us and they defile. So we need to learn to watch ourselves so that sin doesn't spring forth and overwhelm us unprepared. So this is practical. How do we watch ourselves? How do we watch that these things don't come against us? Just three things I think we need to learn how to watch. We're going to watch our feet. You need to learn to watch your eyes. And you need to learn to watch your mind. So what does watching our feet look like? Watching our feet looks like being aware of where we are and when. Where we are going. Am I walking close to the lion's den? Do I know that this is an area that the lion inhabits? Um, this might be something like, I know I should not go walk over to the computer late at night when I'm by myself. I know that I shouldn't go here in this area where there are particular temptations that come to me. We need to watch to not place ourselves in foolish situations where we know we're likely to fall into sin. Watching our feet. More importantly than that, though, we need to watch our eyes. This is one of the key things with the battle against lust is that we have to have a zero tolerance policy with allowing our eyes to fall on these types of things. It, what it means is that you need to not allow a lingering look. You need to not allow a second look. Much less need you to go looking for things. And this is, in some sense, unavoidable in our world. Things come to us. Images come to us from all sorts of places. People we see. Things we watch. There's always these temptations. But watching our eyes means that we don't allow our eyes to set upon these things. To stay on them and allow them then to, um, to come against us. To infiltrate us. We need to watch our eyes. We need to make a covenant with our eyes like Job did. 
that I will not allow myself to gaze upon this for more than a split second. I see it and I look away. I see it and don't allow myself to keep going back, to look again and again. We need to watch our eyes, but most importantly, we need to watch our minds. We can put all the controls in place, we can cut off our access to things that are sensual and harmful, but we can never escape the thoughts in our own minds. So we need to watch our minds, because this is where if we allow lustful thoughts to come and to set root in our minds, then it makes it so much harder to deal with later. We need to watch that first thought, because sin is most easy to defeat in its seed. If you allow the seed to implant in your mind, it so often will grow and flower, and it'll be difficult and you'll be overcome. It's like that, uh, I'm always reminded of that famous scene in The Two Towers, uh, where they're guarding Helm's Deep, and there's fighting the enemy, and there's this one enemy that knows where the one weakness in the wall is, and he has a bomb, and he's going to come, jump in, and breach the wall, and they'll be overwhelmed. And what, as the famous words, bring him down Legolas, to shoot and take down that first enemy, that first thought before your self-control is breached and you're overwhelmed and onslaughted. So we need to watch our minds to stop sinful thoughts at the first thought. You can't make friends with sin. You can't come up to the lion of sin and say, I'll just pet it. I'll only go this far. No, it'll turn on you and overtake you. We can't make friends with sin and think we can just get enough. Just a, a little bit of pleasure. Just a little bit. It doesn't work. We have to take it by the root in the first thought. So watchfulness. Watching our feet. Watching our eyes. Watching our mind. This is the first uh, weapon that I think God gives us to fight. And this is, in a sense, a defensive weapon. It's guarding ourselves against attacks. The second weapon, Jesus says, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. If watchfulness is, in a sense, our defensive weapon, prayer is where we go on the offense. We attack the enemy and where we make strides against it. Prayer is most essential. And often we don't pray because we don't think we need help. We think we're sufficient. We think we can muster up enough willpower. We can do this and that and make ourselves to be successful on our own. But we need to remember that a true posture that loves God humbles ourselves under him and says, God, I know I'm weak. And some of you have felt this. I know the weakness of my, my flesh. But God, I need you to come. I need you to help me. And so prayer is that posturing of dependence where we can, in a sense, call and back up. Prayer is not an intercom to call up, down some popcorn from upstairs. Prayer is like a wartime walkie-talkie to call in the resources of our captain, to call in God's power, knowing that we don't have the power in and of ourselves. Yes, we can change and willpower ourselves for a bit, but we need God by his Holy Spirit to come to indwell us, to empower us to fight against sin. So we need to pray. And you might be thinking, what should we pray? Well, I think one thing that I would just say, really practical to pray, is what Jesus himself taught us in the Lord's Prayer, where he says at the end of it, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And so I just recommend these two phrases, if you will, as prayers to pray every day as we walk into a world filled with sin, walking into a place where we're onslaughted with temptations all the time. First pray, lead me not into temptation. We look to the Lord every day and we pray, God, today, would you turn my steps away from temptation? 
Would you turn my eyes away from temptation? Would you guide my mind away from temptation? Help me to battle it. Help me to watch against it. Help me to work to avoid it. God, lead me away. Lead me away from temptation. And secondly, praying every day, God, also deliver me from evil. Deliver me from the attacks of the enemy, but God, deliver me from the evil that dwells in my own heart. We know that there's sin in our own heart, evil that dwells within us. And we need to pray, God, deliver me from that. I know I have lust in my heart. I know I have sinful thoughts. God, deliver me from temptation. Renew my heart. Uproot these sinful affections that love these things. Help me to love purity. Help me to love you. Help me to love your word to fight against all these things. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. And also, we need to pray to God for forgiveness. uh, Because inevitably, we do fall. We're not perfect. We do succumb to sin. And that's where we have the beauty of coming to our Father who loves us. To pray, to confess our sins to him. To receive Christ's cleansing. Remembering, like it says in 1 John chapter 1, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to watch and we need to pray. These are just two simple weapons. It's not everything. There's other ways to fight, but these, I think, are two tools that if you really seek to discern and apply them, will be eminently helpful to you. Watchfulness. Prayer. So that we can battle. And the last point I want to just bring up is that we don't fight alone, and we shouldn't fight alone. Too often we try to deal with these types of sins and lusts on our own by ourselves. And I just want to bring up a principle where we see, actually, these two weapons addressed in that passage in Ephesians chapter 6, you guys know the armor of God, where when we're being taught how to fight spiritual darkness, we're told to take up all these pieces of armor, but people often stop before the last part of it. So we see the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and it ends, verse 17, the armor ends saying, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But it doesn't actually stop there. It continues. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and all supplication for all the saints. So Paul's saying that as we take up armor to fight against spiritual darkness, we need to do it in prayerfulness, And we need to do it all in watchfulness. And we need to do it all together. He says praying for one another. Praying for each other. Praying for all the saints. And so if we are going to pray for all the saints, that implies we're praying for people and they're praying for us. And one thing about sin is that sin loves to grow in the dark. The enemy loves to attack in the night, as it were, without the light being shed upon it. And I would just really, really urge you guys today that if any of you are dealing with sexual sin in your life or really any hidden sin that is secret that only you know about, you've got to bring that to the light and let other people come and battle alongside you. Um, Tell your parents. Tell your parents the things you're going with. If you feel like that's impossible, talk to a pastor in your church. If you feel like that's impossible, talk to a trusted teacher or a close and godly friend. You've got to tell someone those that we can fight alongside each other. 
You can pray for yourself, but you need other people praying for you as well. In my own life, um, talking to my parents about things I was struggling with in high school was one of the greatest helps to getting free from it. It was hard, it was embarrassing, but that is the way the Lord likes to work. Sin loves to fight in the dark, but we want to bring it into the light. So don't fight alone and support and pray for each other. Use these weapons, fight and pray. And I'll just conclude with this thought. The most important thing is to never give up. This is a battle that will continue, a battle that you're going to face with and is not going to relent. So you have to never give up. And so it's so easy. We get defeated. We will sin. You will fall. But we have to remember that we have a Lord Jesus Christ who never failed to fall to sin, who took all our lusts, who paid for them in full upon the cross. And so when we come to God in Christ, we come to the cleansing fountain of forgiveness and we can stand like Colossians chapter 1 says, where we are presented before God holy and blameless in Christ. So if you're discouraged, if you feel condemned, we need to turn our eyes away from ourselves and look to Christ, doing what Paul says in Philippians 3, forgetting what lies behind, but pressing on for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We can't give up. If you give up, that's where the mountain lion grabs your neck. You might have been cast to the ground. You might have been attacked. You might be bit on the wrist. But you need to never stop fighting. This is the fight of faith, the fight that God calls us to. We've got to look to Christ. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the one we follow. I want you all to learn to be like Eliezer, one of David's mighty men who were, to, who, who were told in 2 Samuel 23, that he struck the Philistines all day until he was weary and his hand clave to his sword. He couldn't even let go of his sword because he was fighting. He was fighting hard. And I want you guys to fight hard, to not let sin get the upper hand. When you're cast down, to look to Christ and to use these tools of watchfulness and prayer. And by the grace of God, he will grant help. He will come to aid. He will support and supply You don't know if you will get victory today, next week, next year, but keep fighting. Use these weapons God has given us, looking to him in all things. Let's stand and pray together. Heavenly Father, you are the great, almighty, and eternal God, and we look to you, God. We acknowledge that we are weak. We know the sin that dwells in us, the sin that takes us down so often. We pray for your strength. We pray for the support of your Holy Spirit that you will come, that you will change our hearts, that you will assist us. God, would you help any students today that are walking in darkness to bring sin to light, to talk about it and to get support. Would you help these students, O Lord, to learn to watch themselves, to watch their feet, to watch their eyes, to watch their minds, that they would be children of light, walking in purity amidst of a crooked and depraved generation, that they would shine as lights in this world. Would you encourage any who are cast down and feeling condemned to look to Christ, to come to you for forgiveness, to love you with the love with which you've loved us, remembering that we are your sons and daughters. We are loved by our Father, and we can turn and trust in you, turn in repentance and faith each and every day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your cross. Be with us the rest of this day, we pray in Jesus Christ's awesome name. Amen. Praise.